This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Well, I believe the Lord has given me a little instruction this morning. And so I want to start out by doing this. We just want to stay in an attitude of worship and praise for a few minutes. Um, you know, we rarely talk about sin anymore. We kind of say, well, God forgives everything. And that's right, God does forgive. But unconfessed sin stops our receiving. Unforgiveness. You know, people annoy you and you get offended. Well, Mark chapter 4 says, those who get offended, it steals the word from them. And without the word, how are you going to get healed? Jesus and the word are one. And so we want to just look inside this morning. We want to take a minute and just look inside your heart. And I'm just going to go through a couple things the Lord has given me. If anything or anything more strikes a chord, just say, yes, Lord, forgive me. I repent. I repent. Now, repent doesn't just mean to go ahead and say, yeah, I have a sin. You know, I'm sorry for doing it. Will you forgive me? Repent actually means to turn around and go the other way. And so if you're in a sin, now listen, we always think of sin as real big things, you know, like somebody murdered somebody or, but you know, gossip is a sin. Backbiting is a sin. Unforgiveness is a sin. Putting anything more valuable than God. You want to get a zinger here? Have you watched TV more than you have spent time with God, either reading or listening or praying? Have you done other things? What about overeating? Gluttony, the Bible calls it gluttony. And he says, the glutton and the drunkard come to poverty. Have you been lascivious, lazy, not motivated? You know, God said, you stir yourself up. There's no condemnation here this morning because everybody in this place and all the earth has missed it in one way, shape, form, or another. And so it's a real simple thing is we're just going to take a moment and we're just going to examine our hearts and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, I want you to just shine the light inside of me and show me any area that I'm coming short of being what you call me to be. I just repent any area where the sin does so easily beset me, Father. I just repent of it. I repent of everything that I have done that is not of you. And anything you did not plant, Lord, I pluck it out in the name of Jesus. And I take that precious blood of Jesus and fill up every vacant spot created from everything that's been confessed and washed in the blood, cleansed, whole. And now, Father, that the pipeline is free, I'm here to hear and be healed, to hear and receive, to hear and be empowered, to be here, to hear you, Lord in a way that I've never heard. Now, Father, I'm asking for every level that we're on to be just 
blown away to the next level. Father, get us to the next level this morning in our hearing, in our understanding, in our ability to receive from you and then give out of our abundance. And I thank you for the overflow. I thank you for the rivers of living water. I thank you, Father, that you're disposed to show favor and your tender mercies are in this place. Now, Father, if there's anything that I've missed, not called out, there's secret sins, Lord. The statistics say that uh, pornography is rampant in the body of Christ, in cultism, in morality, just hatred and strife and envy. Father, we repent of all of it. We repent for those that are not yet to the point that they can repent. Father, we repent for them. We're asking you to heal our land. We're asking you to heal our hearts. Asking you to heal our minds. We thank you, Father, that every sickness and every disease is put on notice right now. That you are a trespasser. You are not allowed in any of our bodies. And we are evicting you right now in the precious name of Jesus. We apply the blood of the Lamb in the word of our testimony and demand that you cease and desist your maneuvers against God's children, us. Father, we take our healing. We take our place. We thank you for forgiving us and rejoice in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jack. Wonderful, wonderful. You can have a seat. Glory to God. Thank you all for coming. Do you know why you're here today? Have you come to hear and be healed? Yes, yes amen. Do you plan to leave different than what you came? Okay. Do you know there's a stand you need to take? What is that stand? It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. You take the Word and Jesus are the same. He said that uh, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So for those that think that they have to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, you got it right here, right here, the Word of God, the Word of God. All you have to do is open the Word and see what God says about it. Now, how can you receive something if you don't know about it? If somebody had a secret bank account with your name on it, secret, and you didn't know about it, but it had $5 million in it, Five million. There's a secret bank account. Can you access it? Mm -hmm. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Linda says, yeah, it happens all the time to me. But we want it revealed, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we want it revealed. Amen. 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 The Bible says that the mysteries of the kingdom of God have been revealed unto us. But you know, if you're not looking for anything, what are you going to find? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. Well, you can find things, but you know what? More often than not, what you're going to find is not going to be substance of God. 
is going to be substance of the enemy, maybe a shiny, fake diamond looking real that you head off towards that direction. So if you don't know anything about what God says, the hidden bank account, how can you make a withdrawal? You know, all healing is is a withdrawal. It's a provision that God has already provided and paid for. It's already done. He's not going to heal you. Do you understand that? Healing is now. It was done 2,000 years ago at the cross, but before the foundation of the world, God spoke the end from the very beginning. And so, as far as God is concerned, it was accomplished when he spoke it. And so, in, in, um, in Genesis, it says we've been created speaking spirits in the image of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Speaking spirits. So, when you think about it, how did God create the heavens and the earth? He spoke it. So, if we are carbon, carbon copies... Now... For those of you that are wondering how you can be a carbon copy and we all look so gloriously different, how can you be a carbon copy? We are a spirit. We're made in God's image. That's why when you leave this suit, this suit, the body that you have, you step out, your suit remains behind because we get a glorified body in heaven when we go. So the suit reigns behind, but the real you is the one made. So when we all get to heaven, I'm going to recognize you and you're going to recognize me because I'm just going to step out of this earth suit. I will be a little thinner and just a little younger and I'm going to look gorgeous. It will be perfect. And so will you. Glory to God. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. So when you step out, when you step out of this earth suit, this body, the real you, the spirit person, now you have a soul and your soul is your mind your will, and your emotions. And I like what um, I heard Sandra Kennedy teach years and years and years ago. The issue is the filter, the soul, the mind, the will, and emotions. The mind, the will, and emotions. The mind, the will, and emotions touch what? The five physical senses, right? What does the spirit touch? Spirit's in contact with God, right? So... And then you have the body. So you have the spirit in touch with God. You have your mind, your will, and emotions. And you have an earth suit. Can you see all three of them separate for a minute? All right. So if you have the shell, you have the mind, will, and emotions, and you have the spirit. What's the connecting between the spirit and the shell? The soul which is your mind, your will, and emotions. Okay, I like what Sandra Kennedy says, two against, two against one always wins. So when you're born again, typically what changes with the shell? Nothing. You can't really tell if you're not, if you're not looking at somebody's face because a lot of times they'll radiate, they radiate uh, light. They radiate goodness. They radiate God's love. And they're so on fire, you, they can't contain their shell for a moment. Because if you can get this, then healing is not an issue for you. Okay? So the shell comes in all shapes and sizes. We got all kinds of nuts in the world, don't we? We got pecans and we got walnuts and we got... Whatever, Brazil nuts, and we have 
acorns, and then we have another variety of nuts we won't talk about, but okay. So the shell comes in all shapes and sizes. The soul, the mind, the will, and emotion is a filter. So when you're born again, the shell really doesn't change. Now, if you've heard about healing and somebody has preached healing to you and you grab a hold of it and you, you can get healed when you're born again. But just at the same time is what I'm saying because the word salvation is sozo, S-O-Z-O, which means saved, healed, delivered, set free, uh, nothing missing, nothing broken. So you can say it this way that I was, uh, um, God says that, um, let, me, let me get the scripture, let me, it'll come back, okay. And I'll come back to Sozo. Okay, so when you're born again, typically nothing happens to the shell that people see, except sometimes it resonates, all right? But the spirit man has just gone from death to life. Now, do you know that spirit man's going to live eternally, whether in death goes to hell or in life goes to be with the Lord? going to live eternally in the torments of hell. You shouldn't want your worst enemy to go to hell. If you have read anything about those that have gone and come back or anything the Bible says about hell, it's probably beyond our wildest imaginations. You know, I've heard people say, well, this is hell here right on earth. Say, so you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's a pitiful, miserable place devoid of anything. And they say that uh, the people that have gone and come back say that the skin literally burns up and diseases away. Things eat at it and everything. And then the skin grows again so the people can be in constant torment and constant. The smell is so awful. I sometimes wonder when God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit were talking about things and Father said to Jesus, Jesus, I want you to go to earth. I often wonder if Jesus said, that place is stinky, Dad. <laughs> because the stench of the earth and the rottingness of what is going on has got to come up. But when they go to hell, they say they can't stand the stench. It's so bad. And then we learned not too long ago, there's a deeper pit of hell where they will never interact with anybody ever again for some of the sins that are committed. Gosh, I just want to be right with God, don't you? I don't want to go to hell. But God said, I didn't plan that for you. That is not for you who will choose me. Recognize I sent my son. And my son came and paid every price. So at the cross, what are the prices he paid? What are some of the prices he paid at the cross? He died for our sins, right? Sickness, iniquities. Okay. Peace. The, the crown of thorns on his head. Peace. Joy. By his stripes. So he took all the punishment, and then he gave us all the benefits. Okay? So now y'all have a ticket right now to a buffet in your hands. And on that buffet is every good thing that you could think about enjoying. Every good thing. And just I want you to pretend for a minute it's over there in the corner. But it's laid out so big and so far you couldn't possibly partake of it if you stayed all the days of your life. 
that's what God has laid out for us. And he said, I've given you the passageway. I've given you the way to do it. You have a ticket to access every mystery of the kingdom of God. All you have to do is get in the book. Get in the book. People think it's so great when they walk with Jesus, and it was. It's absolutely wonderful. But compared to that time in those short span of years that they had with the master or to have a Bible in your hand of everything that he did and is going to do, think about it. We are so blessed. We are so blessed to know what he has provided, what he has given us. But how do we partake? That's the thing. How do we part? That seems to be the hardest thing. Because how many of you have ever had a thought that, you know, listen, I did such and such, or I'm just not worthy to get that, or I can live with this little, I can live with this little pain because that's nothing compared to everything. Am I the only one? Nobody else has had any of those things? Oh, my gosh. Come on. So is that God's will? Is that God's perfect will for us? Absolutely not. So why would we agree with that? Why would we think like that? The filter's dirty. You have a dirty filter. Clean your filter. <laughs> you don't even have to get a new filter. You can clean the filter with the word of God. So when you're born again, the shell, the, inner, the shell is still there. It's still saying, okay, now before it had the enemy in the enemy's ways, enemy's ways came through the filter to the shell and the shell obeyed, all right? Now, all of a sudden, something's changed. Death went out. There's something new, brand new. Life popped in there. Life. What am I going to do with that? And then all of a sudden, you start seeing some things. You feel different than you ever have. There's peace like you've never known in your entire life that is resonating through you when you're born again. Now what? Now you're trying to tell everybody and anybody about it, right? And most of them you look at like, uh, and what planet did you drop from? So sooner or later, it starts to tone down, and you realize that you're not exactly with a whole crowd of people that think like you think. As a matter of fact, a lot of them want to take away what you got. They don't, they don't want it, but they don't want you to have it because you look different, and something's different about you. So that born again, brand new, he said, uh, old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. But the shell didn't change. What's happening here? It's the dirty filter. So now the, the shell is going, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? All I know is the old stuff. So I'm going to keep on doing the old stuff. And then all of a sudden, something happens. You begin to read. And a little light comes. And you hook up with the spirit man that said, you know, God forgave me. So the devil can't taunt me with those sins anymore. No, I'm forgiven. No, I'm forgiven. I, I confess that. That's not me anymore. I'm, that is dead. That is old. That is before. It's no longer applicable. And you can't hold me hostage to that anymore. I am free from such and such. So you get that little bit of light. And all of a sudden, from the spirit, squeaks on through the filter and gets to the body. Now, think about this. What you do every day toward your success. One big, gigantic step forward 
will not get you anywhere unless every day you're doing something. Every single day you're working towards something. And if you get up in the morning and say, well, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do today. Five o'clock comes and you're still not sure what you're going to do and you haven't done anything all day long. But if you start jotting down some things, where you're going to go, where is, your, where is your focus right now? Is it on today? Is it on tomorrow? Or do you have something on down the line that you're going towards? Because if it's on today or tomorrow, precisely with the exclusion of everything else, you're, you're limiting God in your life. Because I want to tell you, God has a plan and a purpose for you so much greater than you can even comprehend at this time. So the filter has to be cleaned out. You take, I like to take one of those little air guns and just clean it all out and start over. That's not the way it works. The filter is clean this way. We get the word of God. We apply the word of God. You know, we confess. We repent. Anytime you missed it, just do it. You know, just talk to God and say, you know, I messed up. Darn, I did it again. You know, the wonderful thing is it comes back in living color sometimes. Never, you ever done anything in front of everybody? You'd think, you know, I fell down in the driveway one day when I had friends over, and I thought, oh, my God, okay. it's like a whale rolling, you know. I'm thinking, oh, no. And they said, uh, uh, are you all right? And I said, yeah, nothing's hurt but my pride. Everything else is all good. And so, anyway, the next moment I'm thinking, oh, there it is in living color again. The enemy wants to come in and use an event. And he wants to solidify that event and make it a big thing so that you will step back, be intimidated. You know, intimidation and shyness is part of fear. Fear is of the enemy. It's not of God. So you fight it every way you can. doesn't mean you have to go out and be in everybody's face. But you don't have to be afraid because nobody's better than you and nobody's worse than you. It doesn't matter what their status is or what their status isn't. It doesn't matter if they're in the gutter or in, uh, in the White House. It doesn't make any difference. They are the same. God treats us all, should I say equally? Not the same. He doesn't treat us all the same because he's given you different callings and he's given me. So, but there's no respecter of persons with God. And you can be blessed to the full and I can be blessed to the full. And if I'm blessed to the full, it doesn't take anything from you because God provided that. So the filter needs to be changed. But if you don't know anything about changing the filter, you will continue to be in defeat, to be sick, to be poor, to be um, uh, to do because the filter is dirty. Cleaning the filter is a real simple thing. Just repent before God. Find out what God says is yours and claim it. Now, when I say claim it, what do I mean? You know, uh, we'll talk to people about some things in the Bible, and they'll say, well, I'll try. Trying is going ahead and doing it for a few days or a few weeks or even a month, and then saying, well, it doesn't work. Believing God and doing it is, comes from the mindset of this. It belongs to me. It is mine. I don't care how much I have to do or not do. I don't care how long it takes. God said, and if God said, I'm agreeing with it, and I get what he said. You have to stand. You have to close your eyeballs sometimes. Literally. And when the devil is in your face with his little demons and, you know, stealing family members and doing all sorts of things, I like to just do this. And then tell myself what God says. I don't, listen, 
He can talk all he wants, but he doesn't win. He's not winning in the circumstances. You take a stand. And you know what? You have to. We have the helmet. We have the helmet of salvation. What does that mean? Think saved. Think saved. Think like a king's child. Does a king's child do without anything? Nothing. They kind of roll over everybody sometimes, don't they? Sometimes they're not so nice. But we have to think like a king's child with love. That's the thing, with love. Faith operates by love. Faith operates by love. You're not going to get the things of God when, you're, when you put out your faith. You're gonna, let me put it this way. You, you get, sometimes God just poofs out on people that say, I don't want that at all. You know, somehow or another, the Spirit of the Lord comes in and, and does it. But the Spirit of the Lord is what separates you from things. The Word of God is what keeps you separated. Get it? You can have the healing anointing come through. You can be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And if you don't know how to keep it, the enemy will convince you that it wasn't yours to get. Tough lessons to learn. Tough lessons. Hard lessons to learn. I can tell you from personal experience, people that have gone on, because we didn't know some of these concepts. We didn't know to stand when the counterattack came. So it's back to the soulish area. The soul has got to be cleaned. How do you clean it? With the word of God. With the word of God. So let's go over to the uh, Seraphonician woman. I think if I remember correctly, she's in Matthew. Let me see if I can find that real quick. I want to show you something about her. You can. Come on. Okay. Uh, Get a microphone, please. One thing for years, I struggled as a Christian and everything. Uh, I wasn't good enough and everything for the Lord to love me and do the things that He actually always was doing my life no matter what. But as we know, our mind is our battleground, right? Amen. Satan will continue and continue and continue to bring up putting up the receipt from God. I'll let you know that's a lie from the hell. Uh, you're a son and daughter of God. He looks at you exactly when he sees you, he sees Jesus. Amen. And you can't let these things slip back into your thinking and make you feel that you're unworthy of what God wants you to do. Not only does he want us to be healed, he wants us to walk in health. You know, so, I mean, so that's really and truly. I, man, I, I, I'll be going along doing great and everything. Next thing you know, I'm thinking all these crazy things. Well, you remember when you did 1984? Amen. One of the tricks of the devil, you know what? You have to know something about your enemy. And that's the bottom line. You have to know something about your enemy. But if you focus on what the enemy's doing, you're negating the power. Because the focus should be on the power of God. But we are not unwise. We're supposed to be wise as serpents and meek as doves where his, uh, where his tricks are concerned. Have any of you ever read the, Scru the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis? That is just 
the first time I picked up that book, I thought, what is going on? I encourage you to go read that because some of the things he writes in there are things that we see every day and people are ensnared and they're trapped by the little wiles of the devil. He's had a lot of time to do this. But now I want to encourage you, the devil is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. He can't be everywhere. So he sends his little minions. And sometimes I think the little minions go back to the devil. And he said, what were you doing? How come they got victory? I don't know. All of a sudden I lost. You know, and don't you see him beating up on his little minions because he can't get his way? Because when you stand. Now listen, I want to encourage you. Because sometimes you're standing and other people see you that you have no idea. And your victory is their victory. Uh, before I go to Seraphonician Woman, um, does anybody have a testimony of something that's happened? I'm going to bring Jerry up here because he's got something to share with us. Anybody else have a testimony they want to share? Something that's happened the last couple of weeks, healing, healing-wise? Anything good? Nobody's got anything going on? Okay, well, Jerry, come on up. Jerry's going to share something with us, and I'm going to find what I'm looking for here while he's doing that. Please, please. Testing. Okay. Uh, good morning. Yeah, it was just uh, Monday. I was working on the road, just driving a truck. That's what I do. And then at times I'll get off the road at an exit that's decent, and I'll do my 30-minute walking. So do my little exercising. Um, but for the past several weeks, I've had a I've had a pain in the top of my right foot done everything possible, just stood on the word, uh, you know, and just believed him for my healing. Uh, my wife said, well, why don't you loosen your shoestrings? I just got new boots. So that, you know, helped a little bit, uh, but but I just, uh, many times I don't, God does use doctors to heal. Uh, many times, you know, I'll have peace to go to the doctor or I just won't have peace, and I just stand on the word. So I was having this pain in my right foot, and I stopped off an exit. And, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to walk anyway. I'm going to take a step of faith. So I started doing my walking, and, and, uh, and I saw a picture or a vision um, of Jesus' face. And... Um, he said, uh, this was as I was walking, doing my exercise. I'm just, Lord, thank you for my healing. Speak to this pain. And I was taking a step of faith. And he said, do you believe? And I said, yes, Jesus, I believe. And he kept asking me this over and over and over. Do you believe? And I said, I believe. He said, do you believe? I believe. And so I was wondering what... He kept asking me this, and then, and then I heard the words in my spirit, I receive. So, so I was going along, walking, doing my walking at the, this road at the pilot station or something. And so he asked me again, and so I said, well, I, I receive Jesus. And so then he asked me again, 
And I started to say, I believe. And I said, no, I receive. And as I started saying that, it's like he was showing me that he was taking me from this place of I believe to another place of I receive. And so as I started saying, right, it was going from my head to my heart. Um, and I believed, and gosh, I know all these healing scriptures and stuff, and we believe, but sometimes he shows us stuff. So I was going from this place to I believe to I receive. And the more that I said I receive, he stopped asking me, do you believe? Does that make sense? So he was taking me to this place, to this place. So I said, okay, Jesus, I receive. And as I started walking, the pain lessened, lessened, lessened. Man, I was feeling good. Tightened my shoestrings up and just kept walking. And I, and I just, you know, I thanked him and I praised him for it. And I was just reminded, I said, all right, if I give that some scripture, um, of, uh, of when Jesus was with the disciples and, uh, and they walked by the fig tree. And, uh, and it says uh, he was hungry and he came to it and found nothing on it but its leaves. Immediately, the fig tree withered up and died. So Jesus, with the authority that he had, spoke to that fig tree. He cursed it and it withered and died. And then it goes on and says, when the disciples saw this, they marveled. They were amazed and they asked Jesus. They said, how did the fig tree wither up so soon? So Jesus answered and he said, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast to the sea. So he's saying the same thing that he said as he spoke to the fig tree with the authority that God had given him. We can do the same thing as he did to the fig tree to our mountain. So, so then, you know, the next question is, what is our mountain? Is it sickness? Is it disease? Is it brokenness? Is it hurts? wounds, anger, whatever it is. But it says, we can say to the mountain, be removed and cast in the sea. And it says, it will be done. Whatever things we ask in prayer, believing, it says, you will receive. So I believe he can take us from that place of, I believe, to the place of I receive. And then we can go from that place to this place and we can get it settled in our heart as we receive, then healing is ours. So that's just something that the Lord ministered to me this week about healing. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jerry. Wonderful. Anybody else want to share a testimony? All right. So earlier, remember, I was um, talking about Sozo. Let me go back before to that, and then we're going to go to Matthew um, chapter 15. Um, in uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved, or thou shall be sozoed, S-O-Z-O, sozo, saved, healed, delivered, set free, provided for, protected, 
nothing missing, nothing broken. All right? So we can say, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. Remember Jerry said from the head. It went from head knowledge to heart knowledge. Now how do you know it's there? Because you're doing an action when it's heart knowledge. He received. When you're believing, you got it all up in here. But when you're receiving, you're, you know, it says a violent take it by force. You're receiving, you're doing what your faith has set out to do. And so you can say that if you, if you confess with you, there's somebody here today, I've heard this several times, that there's somebody here today that needs to receive Jesus. Somebody. And so for just a minute, can we all just close our eyes? If that's you today, I just want you to say, you can see under your breath just so you hear it. Father, in the name of Jesus, sins. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. And I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me for my sins. And I received Jesus. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to cleanse me, save me, cleanse me. Make me a child of God that I can hear you, Lord, that I can fellowship with you, Lord, that I can partake of everything they've talked of today and more. I thank you, Father, for your mercy for my life. I thank you for forgiving my sins. I repent of every sin. And I receive your mercy, your cleansing, your love, your grace in my life right now. And I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. So he said, if you will confess with your mouth, yes. <laughs> the Lord says, rejoice because your name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. And there is a celebration going on in heaven right now. Glory to God. So if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be healed. You shall be provided for. You shall be sozoed. What's ever in sozo, you can put in this verse and get. If you're lacking funds today, if you believe, let us this. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. Your words are your seed. And when they're hooked up with the word of God, which is this scripture right here, it's like plugging it into the outlet. Electricity is always there, but you don't get any until you plug something into the outlet and it will come forth. This is what you do. You take the word of God, put yourself in there, and receive from God. You're hooked up with his power. You're not making it come to pass. All you're doing is use your faith. That has gone from your head because you have to know something. So now you know that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you're sozoed. And sozo encompasses all those things we talked about. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation. Sozo. Confession is made unto obtaining everything that Jesus paid for at the cross. Remember the buffet and the ticket. You all have a ticket to the buffet. As long as you sit right in those seats, 
and you don't go and partake in the buffet. Inact. It's still there. It's still paid for. It's still waiting for you, but you're inactive. You can believe you have a ticket for it. You can believe it's yours, but if you stay in your seat and never move to get what is yours, do you ever get it? You can stay in that seat and starve to death, can you? So when you believe, you have knowledge. You believe something. Acting on that knowledge is receiving from God. All right, let's go over to Matthew 15. I want to talk to you about the Seraphonician woman for just a minute or two. Or three or five, something like that. Let me go both of these and see. I want to go 15. Um, let's see. Where do I want to start here? 22. 15, 22. Let me think I'm making it in both places here. Okay. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But she answered, he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but into the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now get a picture of this. Jesus was sent to whom? The Jews, right? The Jewish people. That's where he was sent. All right, so here comes this woman of Canaan, and she had no right to the old covenant. She was outside the covenant, and no, no ticket, no entrance. But listen, let me, let me step back for a second. How many of the people uh, that Jesus healed when he was walking on the earth, how many of them were born again? None. So does, is, is uh, being born again a mandate to be healed? Absolutely not. You can get healed if you will believe the word of God and act on it. Pretty simple. Just want to just wanna say that because there's not a prerequisite. And you know, uh, Brother Kagan said this, is that healing is the dinner bell, going to be the dinner bell to bring those in. They experience the mercy of God. The, uh, you know, wh why would you not want all of God? This. So she is outside of the covenant and she is crying unto Jesus. And she's just trying, she has a need, a great need for her daughter. And she's trying to be heard. Don't you know that everybody around her, because the Jews were pretty separated. They didn't have conversations and things of that nature. They couldn't talk because those other people were outside the covenant. That was not you know, part of it. Now, I shouldn't actually say that. They talked to others. They had people in their house that were not, you know, um, uh, not of the Jewish faith. So that's not exactly accurate. But in this case, she was outside the covenant. And she's trying to get to Jesus. Jesus is on a mission to uh, minister to the Jewish people. So um, she said that her, son, her, her daughter is grievously vexed. And um, he says to her, I am not sent but into the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So, in other words, she's saying, you don't qualify at this point in time. I have, a, I have a different mission. It's not that you don't qualify. It's that I have a different mission. You're outside of my mission. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. So, think about this in terms of whatever is plaguing your body at this moment. All right? You've been diagnosed with something. And a lot of times, the doctors say it's incurable. 
Perhaps we can manage it, but it's incurable. Now, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I'm not going to manage sickness and disease all the days of my life. I'm going to stand. Sometimes I fall and I get back up just like everybody else. But you keep on going. I have a, I have a place I'm going to. I'm not staying in this place. I am going to get what God said belongs to me. With every breath I have, for every moment of life I have, I'm going to do it. Because God paid for it. Wouldn't you be so disappointed in your kids if you bought them a brand new house and furnished it and gave them a brand new car and they stood outside, oh, gee, I wish I could have that house. Well, and he said, it's yours. I gave it to you. Yeah, but I wish I could go in and really enjoy it. I, I just, you know, I just don't deserve that or I just don't see me there. The filter is dirty. If you can't picture yourself healed, if you can't picture yourself with what you're lacking, if you picture your lack more than you picture your supply, your filter is dirty. Clean your filter. Lift up your expectations. You know people say don't get their expectations up? Don't get their hope up. Well, listen, Jesus came and those that were hopeless, without hope, what did he do? At the pool of Bethesda. I can't say that today. Thank you. He said, he's been 38 years, 38 years, sick at that pool. And the angels come down. Remember? The angels come down. They stir the water. And the first one in gets healed. All right? 38 years. How many other people do you think were at that pool that day that Jesus was there? A lot. So why didn't Jesus talk to all of them? You ever think about that? So he goes to this man and he says, after 38 years, do you want to be healed? If somebody said, do you want to be healed? You would say, well, <laughs> yeah, what do you think? What did this man say? I have no one to help me. His answer was not, yes, I want to be healed. He said, I have no one to help me. Where was his eyes? Where were his eyes? They were not down the road somewhere. They were right there and nobody else helping him. These other people had people to help them get in the water. I don't have anybody. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? See, do you remember when Adam, do you remember reading? I know you weren't there when he sinned, but do you remember when Adam sinned? And he went and he hid. And God said, Adam, what did you do? Did he say that? No, what's the first thing he said? What's the very first thing he said? Adam, where are you? Do you think God didn't know where he was? He knew where he was. And by the way, if God is out to get you, just exactly how long do you think it would take him to find you? <laughs> you know, so for those that say, God, you better watch out because God's out to get you. You know what? He would have got us a long time ago for some of the goofy things we've done. See, he said, where are you? I read in the scripture again, and I can't recall at the moment, but I read in the scripture again, uh, oh, with, um, uh, with the prophet. And um, uh, the young protege was coming. I think it was Elijah, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. And he, um, uh, no, it wasn't, excuse me. But he comes, he hears the voice of God, and he comes. He says, no, I didn't call you. And he hears Samuel, Samuel, thank you, thank you. And he comes again. And he said, no, I didn't call you. 
And then they realized that it was God talking to them. You know, and he said, when he said, um, Lord said, well, he said, here I am. He was told to say, here I am, here I am. So God says, where are you today? I haven't moved. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am your healer. E.D. sent my word and healed you and delivered, E.D., you from part of all your destructions? All. A-L-L, all. What part are you hanging on to that you can live with? Don't you want them all gone? Kick them all out. Clean out the filter. Don't take any prisoners and don't let any prisoners take you. Kick them out, all of them. Clean it. Get it out. Be what God has called you to be. Dare. I like um, um, the one uh, program that uh, is through uh, the Kenneth Copeland Ministries. They do the uh, revival radio. And he says, dare to be the one. Dare to be the one. You dare to be the one in your household. You dare to be the one in your neighborhood. You dare to be the one in your employ employment. You dare to be the one that radiates the love of God everywhere. And that love of God, as it's flowing through you and doing things, pushes out that sickness, the disease, and all that kind of stuff. You don't even have to sometimes be praying and, and doing all the things we know to do are right and confessing. Sometimes just the love of God coming out of you obliterates all that stuff. And one day you realize, oh, I'm free. I'm free. I couldn't, there was once upon a time, there was um, once upon a time, several, quite a few years back, is I could not lift, uh, I think it was my right arm, I could not lift my arm above this point right here. And when I would turn in bed, there would be so much pain in the middle of the night. I'd wake up, you know, uh, with an expression of that pain somehow or another, ow, or whatever. It's an, any little movement I just couldn't stand. And uh, one day I decided I had gotten fed up with being in pain and not being able to move and do what I needed to do. And um, I went um, uh, after a service one day to the pastor, and I said, now, I don't want you to pray for me. I want you to stand in agreement because I'm telling you, this thing is done at the amen. I have it, and that is all she wrote. So you agree with me that I will get out of pain. I'll be able to, okay. And so he, I went up there. He agreed with me in prayer. <laughs> I'm sure he looked at me like, okay. And so he agreed with me in prayer, and I left there. Now, if you were to ask my body if it was any different, I would tell you no. There was still the volume of pain, and I still not, could not do anything with that arm. But I did something in that moment in time, is that I received what God said belongs to me, and I refused to allow any part of my flesh to acknowledge anything else. And so it hurt, and the pain was still there at the moment. But it was subject to change. You had to go. That was, I always say, draw a line. Draw your line. Don't be wishy-washy because, you know, faith is not for wimps. Remember Joshua said, only be very strong and courageous. He told them four times in one chapter, only be very strong and courageous. And I thought, this ain't for wimps. You got to do it. So you draw that line. And the devil says, you'll never get it. You'll never get it. And who are you anyway? Who do you think you are? Who says you can do that? And by the way, you shouldn't tell them you're healed because they can clearly see you're not. And you better look over there because that's going on. Nobody wants you to pray for them because you're not healed. All that stuff comes. All that stuff comes. What qualifies any of us to do anything? 
Jesus. Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And if we will believe that he will do for us what he said he will do in his word, we have it. So, you know, just draw that line. And then the devil says, you're not, you can't, you can't, you can't. And so maybe you can't take a gigantic step over that line. But you can just, you know, take your shoes off and put your toe over that line. The devil said, you can't do it. Well, ha, 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 you just proven to be a liar. So you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. Pretty soon the line's over here, and you're over here. Well, one day I turned around and did something and reached up and thought, I don't know how long I had gone without any pain. I don't remember. I just don't remember it was gone. You know, when you allow, when you, when you make a quality decision to do something, God will back it up if it's based on the word of God. You know, um, Jerry said, uh, he was talking about a Mark eleven twenty three and 24. He said, if you have faith and doubt not, you will say to the mountain, be removed. Sickness and disease, you'd be removed, you'd be cast in the sea. You'll not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. So I want to challenge you this week, how much corrupt communication do you have in your mouth? How much the Bible says that we're going to give communication? How many idle words are going on? Idle words, you know, the Bible says that we're going to give an account for every idle word we spoke. Crop failure. <laughs> we went, I don't know about you. I can use some crop failure sometimes. And then when I realize what I'm doing, Holy Spirit said, Lord, put a watch on my lips. I'm determined to speak your covenant promises. Confess it, repent of it, get clean, and then speak what God speaks. Because when you're speaking what God speaks, you're hooked up. You're, 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 um, you're, in the, you're in the flow of the power. All you got to do is make a quality decision and stand. Every time you do that, you're cleaning out the filter. He clean out the filter. And do you know that when the filter is clean and the spirit is talking and the filter receives what the filter is supposed to receive from the spirit and discards what the enemy says, it flows through and hits the shell and the body lines up. And you make an avenue for that quickening, healing power of God to come right from the throne room, communes with your spirit through the mind, will, and emotion, and explodes in the body. Healing can't stay in that type of atmosphere. He, excuse me. Sickness can't stay. Healing belongs in that type of atmosphere. Let me say it three times so I got it right. Sickness and disease cannot stand against the power of God. Sickness and disease is under the foot of the body of Christ. We're his body. It's under Jesus' foot. We're his body. He's the head. He's the director. He is the Lord of all. And when we get in line, then our body will line up and do. It cannot not do what God called it to do. All right. So look at this woman. This woman made a decision. She made a quality decision. She's going against all odds. Can you imagine there was anybody standing up for her at this time? Look what happens. She came and she worshipped. He said, I'm not sent unto, uh, except the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came. What did she do next? She came and she worshipped. She got a... I don't think she really got a no. He didn't say, no, I'm not doing anything, because if he said no, he couldn't really do anything else because it's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? There's a roadblock. You've got a roadblock. So you get diagnosed with something. You got, they say, 
you got something. Well, you don't got anything. Never take possession of it, ever. It doesn't belong to you. It may be trying to affect you and affecting your body and making changes at the moment, but it's subject to change. It's not your disease. Don't ever claim it. And so she came, the roadblock hit, and she, if you just take it all in slow motion, what am I going to do next? Now, to most people, that was a no. Sit up and to her, it was just a little obstacle. Let's get over this hurdle. And so she takes it up a notch from asking to worship. She acknowledges him and says, Lord. She came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. So she used some faith here, didn't she? But he answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bed and to cast it to the dogs. Now, I've heard many a person say that he called her a dog. But he didn't call her a dog. He just said, my mission is to come and minister to the Jewish people. That's the reason that I've come. I can't take, or let me put it a different way. My mission is to do that. And all of my resources are supposed to go to help them. I would not be doing right just to chuck it out the door to somebody who wasn't interested. Okay? And look at what she said. Another roadblock. But she didn't see it as a roadblock. What does that tell you about where she's looking? She is not focused even though her daughter the the tug of her daughter and everything that's going on <clears throat> knowing how bad her daughter is she was not focused on the situation she took her focus from there and she put her focus on the lord and she said now that worship produced wisdom can you see that that worship produced wisdom because this is what she said she said truth lord now how many would say are you calling me a dog? And see, then a fence rises up, and what happens? Mark chapter 4 chokes the word. A fence chokes the word, and it produces no fruit. All right? So wisdom, I believe, was produced by her worship. And she said, truth, Lord. So she's agreeing with God. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs, which it is your fester's table. And Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto thee, even as you will. See, she stood in faith. There is, a, there is an answer to our faith. Even when others, you know, you can see the disciples came and they want to get rid of her. When others want you gone, when, when, you're, when you're in, I, you know, I've discovered that if you're in a, in a situation more than a couple months, people tend to leave you behind, which is all fine and dandy. But you still got to keep going and you still got to find motivation. And the way you do that a lot of times is try to find help for somebody else. Because the devil, if you just look at it, he talks. You know, Jesus talks about the sheep, the shepherd of the sheep. And um, if you ever have seen sheep, they're, they're pretty interesting animals. I've seen the baby just over there, and I've seen the mama over there. And it's like the baby, ah, and the mother goes, oh, and the baby's going, ah, and the mama's going. I said, just get over there. You're driving me somewhere. Just get over there, you know. It's like, what's going on? But in the middle of the night... A couple of the sheep, the lambs, were separated from the flock and murdered by the wolves. Why? Because 
the enemy, they were separated. And by the separation, the enemy was able to pick them off. And so over the course of time, what the enemy comes in and tells you, well, you know, this sickness has been going on for so long. If you were like other people, you know, you'd already been healed. Or, you know, people don't want anything to do with you. Or you're just too much of a nuisance. The enemy will use anything he can. You might as well just give up and quit. Yeah, it might be better for me to go home. You know, and yet your scroll in heaven, your book in heaven is filled with the fullness of what God has assigned you to do and given. I heard Jesse DePlantis one time. You ever read his book about when he went to heaven? I heard him talk shortly after um, when he was first released to talk about that. And he said, the little spirits are begging God to come in, to come to earth. So when somebody, a child is born, I think it's the most interesting thing. From what I've read and what I understand is I believe that we have a, a book of all that God has destined us to do. And we come to earth and we get fooled by what the enemy says and we get sidetracked. But God still ordained a plan and a purpose for us. And there's a fullness that he expects us to have. And sickness and disease is just one way to, to snatch our life to keep us from the fullness that God has. For us. But for many other reasons, to get rid of the sickness and disease, to stand against it. So this woman took a stand and she decided that she was going for broke. Everything, she put everything on the line here. And she went after it. She had a lot of opposition. You will have opposition. But do what she did. Spend some time in worship. Spend some time asking God for that scripture or scriptures that will set you free. God has a plan and a purpose. And it's not for you to be sick. It's not for you to go home early. But it's to live in the fullness. Now, if you have been, um, okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Let's go to Deuteronomy real quick and then we're going to close. Deuteronomy 28, Galatians 3.13. Get those and just hang on to both of them for a minute. 28. And I'll tell you the scripture in just one moment. In Deuteronomy 28... In verse 17, it talks about poverty. 20 talks about <coughs> failure. 21 talks about sickness. This is the things that are under the curse. Um, 28 talks about blindness and astonishment of heart. 35 talks about your knees being smitten. And, um, and things that a sorbacha cannot be healed from the sole of your foot into the top of your head. Um, and 41 talks about children into captivity. This is all under the curse. There's a whole bunch more stuff. Um, and if you will go down to verse 59, it says, Then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful. Now, you have to understand when it says the Lord will make your plagues wonderful. It's a permissive. It was not, it should have been, uh, it should have been translated different. The Lord did not put sickness and disease on you. All right? But he told 
the people that if you will do this, then you will get this. If you don't do this, then the curse will come. All right. So look at 59. Then the Lord will make your plagues wonderful and the plagues of the seed, even great plagues and of long continuance and sore sicknesses of long continuance. Moreover, he will bring upon or allow all the diseases of Egypt with you. He was afraid of that you were afraid of. Fear plays a part in here. You know, all the reports, you will never, you cannot never, you, you have to prepare to depart. All the reports that come with fear, fear is of the enemy, faith is of God, all right? Um, he said, 61, also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law, then will the Lord bring upon thee and remembrance to be destroyed. So just keep that in mind and just bring to remembrance whatever's bugging your body right now and flip over to Galatians 3.13. So, um, and I'm going to start in verse 11. It said, but that no man is justified by the law in the, in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us. Let's put it this way. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed me from diseases of long continuance. Christ has redeemed me from cancer. Christ has redeemed me from poverty. Christ has redeemed me from pain. Christ has redeemed me from everything that he paid for at the cross. He took it I receive Galatians 3.13, verse 14, that he redeemed me so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that's me, that's you, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That's the blessing of heavenly empowerment. Verse 29 says, and if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and you're an heir according to the promise. What does that mean to be an heir? That means that Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 through 14, it talks about all the blessings. You're entitled to all the blessings. But remember that ticket in your hand for the buffet? As long as you have the book in your lap and you sit right there and you don't get the knowledge and you don't get it dropped into your heart as a revelation knowledge that it's for you that God will do it, you can have the big old buffet and everything paid for, but your partaking of it will not be there. So by faith, are you sozoed? Faith has corresponding actions. Jesus sent his word. Now, Jeremiah 30, 17 says, I will restore health and heal you of your wounds. So Lord, we receive our health restored today and every wound healed in the name of Jesus. A merry heart does good like a medicine. A merry heart does good like a medicine. If you've been in the, um, in, the, uh, in the pit lately, quit digging, climb out, laugh at the devil. Well, I don't have anything to laugh about. So what? Laugh anyway. Laugh at yourself. You ever tripped on the way? You're going somewhere, you trip on the way. And instead of having something come out of your mouth, why don't you just stop and laugh and say, you goofy woman, what are you doing? Come on, let's do it. Laugh, laugh. Make the devil oh, oh. Say, a merry heart does good like a medicine. A hardened heart poisons the mind. What is a hardened heart? Well, she got that really easy. I don't know how I have to work for it. It's just too hard for me. I don't know if I'll ever be able to. They said, 
wouldn't you like to get a hold of they and just kind of wring their necks a little bit? They said, you can't. They said, so what? Who are they? Who are they? I don't know who they are. I can tell you they are not important except for the information I need to get in order to know how to stand and believe God. What's important is taking your vision, your mind, your concentration off of the problem and under the things of God. God sent his word and healed you and delivered you. He said, I will restore your health and I will heal you of your wounds. So I receive my health restored and every wound healed today. How about you? Glory to God. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.